Ho, 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 and all that shit. I guess we're past Christmas now, so I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Anyway, this is Nick. This is the Tennis Podcast. And in case you didn't hear last week, we're taking a short break from now through the end of January. We will be back on our regular schedule with new weekly episodes beginning in February. In the meantime, we're going to keep this feed active with some bonus and best of content. On that note, we are excited to release to the public for the first time in audio format the collaboration we did one year ago with our favorite true crime podcast, LA Not So Confidential. This was originally a live video stream from December 2020, where me and Brandon joined doctors Scott and Shiloh, two forensic psychologists, where we discussed the top 10 smartest serial killers in history ranked by their estimated IQ score. So enjoy, you bloodthirsty weirdos. Be sure to let us know your thoughts on the list by chatting with us on social. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit at TennisPod. Without further ado, here we go. Anyway, welcome to Behind the Couch. Dr. Shiloh here. Of course, I have Dr. Scott with me. And we're going to have some fantastic guests in just a moment. Um, but hello, happy December, everybody, and thanks for being with us um, on this Saturday afternoon, evening. Um, you guys can jump on, and we are going to start this very special show. Obviously, I'm wearing my uh, tennis pin right here. What's yeah. going on, Brandon? Uh, can you hear us? Everything good? We can hear you? Yeah. Great, great, great. And your, your picture is good. We're just waiting for the host of your show now. That's right. Hey, oh, you see me? There we go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hey. Hi, guys. Hey. Thanks, Thanks for, for agreeing to hang out. How are you guys? Good. It's funny because, Shiloh, you and I have chatted here and there, and I've listened to both of you for so long. It feels like I know you, but I don't. This is the first time we've actually like talked. So This is cool. very weird because we've, we've had yeah. two other podcasts guest on our get vocals but we know them like we've met them in real life and all of that and this is like the first voice to voice we've had with you guys which is kind of mm -hmm. a weird um yeah. bit of a, a fangirling experience because i am huge fans <laughs> of you guys you it's great like i know true crime um consumes my life a lot and you guys dabble in it every once in a while but i love you guys for like top of one my top podcast so thank you well it's funny love what you do. me and brandon Thank you. Me and Brandon were messaging before this and I was I was just getting ready for the show and like looking through your website and then I was like reintroduced to your bios and I'm like, we have no fucking business talking to these people <laughs> <laughs> about, about true crime. I feel like, like, a clown. like Stop it. This, forensics this, and I'm like I'm don't let it fool you. Right. Don't There's please don't words. let it fool you. No. <laughs> so I was going oh. to say that this was just a complete setup for Brandon and I just to talk about Mandalorian. <laughs> oh god. We can talk about Mandalorian. <laughs> I I also listened hold. to um I listened to the introduction uh podcast uh again just to get uh your backgrounds again before this. Uh -huh. And yeah, it intimidated uh, the hell oh out of me god. too. We oh, were and, so and, dry. You listen to the first one. I listened to the I listened to the first couple and then I caught up because I started like halfway through so I yeah. got caught up more recently um, after that but yeah I, I re-listened to some early episodes I hadn't heard before including where you talked about Tony Soprano and um, and Don Draper 
uh, being examples of sociopaths. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I caught Good. up with some of the more recent ones today when you uh, were talking about um, politicians who committed uh, homicide. Yeah. The first one yeah. I thought of was like, oh, we've got to have uh, Gary Condit on totally. here. And he was the first one. Yeah. 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 Oh, look who joined us. Brian from Alaska. Not from Alaska anymore. Just joined uh, us. You're probably your biggest fangirl. <laughs> uh, well, I'm like, I was worried about Brian for a while. He, I he know. Walked, he went dark, huh? He uh, he came back. And Brandon, I see uh, Shannon doesn't think you're the real Brandon. So she'll become clean and let them know that you're not oh, the no, real she, Brandon. The real got, Brandon wasn't video ready. Uh, yeah. It's me. Maybe um, I'm using a different microphone. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's, your sound is really good. But hey, guys, just real quick, how did how did you come up with the idea? I mean, how did you get started? And tell us about your show. Sure, I'll go first. So Brandon and I, uh, at, at the host, should go first usually. So because um, <laughs> Brandon is a sidekick host. Anyway, me and Brandon met almost ten years ago now uh, at work. We worked at a, the same Tulsa company, not doing IT, but marketing, but close enough to IT. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, anyway, Brandon and I stayed at the same department for a while. Then I brought him to my new job. He was my boss for a while, um, although I think people that knew us knew who the real boss was. <laughs> and um, anyway, Brandon and I would travel a lot for work and there was times when I would just like pull up a Wikipedia list of the top 10 best selling albums, for example. And I would just say, Brandon, guess this list. And <laughs> there that, you go. Much, we pretty much just did the podcast in real life. It was just that's as great. abrupt and aggressive. Yeah. Not, would you like to guess a list or are right. you thinking of something else right now? Are you busy? Right. Yeah. Busy with it, that you're like, dog. can you put that hot dog down and guess this list? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, what are <laughs> Sylvester Stallone's top ten movies? Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Well, it's, and, it's you know, it's funny. Sorry, real quick, I was just going to add one more thing that we we did try with a true crime pod first, and it. Oh, that's right. Like, I don't want it to ever see the light of day. And uh, you wouldn't release those it, on Patreon or anything. I thought about it, but it's so bad, and it's like, it's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. We basically yeah. just read aloud. Yeah, yeah. well, but that's what that was like two years before finish. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a great concept. Um, shit, I just did what you did last week, Scott, and I touched my iPad, and now it's talking to me. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Great concept. It doesn't get old. I mean, you guys come up with top ten lists, and I think that's a lot. A lot to your relationship and how you play off each other you know, just in the show and that's what people are looking for. So, um, thoroughly enjoy it. And so we're bringing your concept here tonight and Nick and I have come up with a top 10 list that Brandon and Scott know nothing about and they have to guess. So, um, you guys should probably stop looking at the chat at some point because I'm guessing our people are going to want to play along. Um, it's going to be really hard not to, uh, to hit dash I've, over I've, there. Moved, I've moved the whole screen over so I can't see the chat, but I also, I'm bereft of Esther right now. Like, I don't know. Yeah. She's, she's like, she's my, um, transit transitional object. I depend on her. <laughs> um, so Nick, you want to tell us what our topic is? Give us a little intro. Yes. So 
Today's topic is one near and dear to all of our hearts, and it is about serial killers, um, of course. And it's not just serial killers, but the top 10 smartest serial killers ranked by their estimated IQ score. So start oh, that's thinking, great. Start okay. thinking of, okay. yep. you know, who may be up there. I was really um, worried today that I wouldn't have wouldn't have the background or the context to be competitive in this. And no, I heard I, yeah, I heard Dr. I'm, Scott admit to not being competitive and I thought, "Well, I'm not either. We need <laughs> some kind of mojo." But as soon as you said serial killers, I got my mojo working. Yeah. yeah. I'm 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 getting a little fired up too. So I we'll think see. you guys we'll will do well. Serial killers and porn searches, those seem to be Brandon's uh, specialties. Wow. Oh, my yeah. God. Brandon, Brandon and I are actually the same person. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is with that episode, um, the research has changed so much in like the last five to ten years because I, I have – this book that I talk about all the time called a billion wicked thoughts that was just based on like basically Pornhub research. And it really informed a lot of the work that I was doing when I was working with sex offenders who were looking at everything that was on the internet. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Oh my God, is that the top search now? <laughs> it wasn't like that five years ago. <laughs> and when did you go to the conference? You went to a conference just like a couple of years ago where they were talking about the newest draw in porn. And it was the, the surprise? No, it, that's been like 10 years, Scott. That's, that's been that long. What? <laughs> What's the surprise face? So that um, so when they were Is ranking the... the types of of searches that they were surprised that penis was always in the top like five. And they figured out these mathematicians crunched the numbers and figured out that it was because of the shocked look on the woman's face when a penis is in the picture. <laughs> She's always like, oh, like it's so like oh, 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 astoundingly oh, no, amazing because like the other body parts were female body parts. So thanks, Scott, for making me act that out, by the way, to explain it. But <laughs> but I remember being in the room with you. I can't believe it's been that long. But you were like, oh, my God, the research shows that this face is like really. Yeah. It's the same thing when you see the Rockefeller Christmas tree in person. <laughs> Hundred percent, hundred percent. That was an uh, eye-opening. It. This has been eye-opening already, but hasn't that, it? That whole, I know. I know. Leave it to us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, so this is top ten smartest serial killers. Dr. Shiloh found this list on Ranker.com. Um, so should I go through my section here? Yeah. Why don't you just yeah. tell us a little about? Okay. It? Um, so as we all know, serial killers are often portrayed in media as these evil geniuses and like they're one step ahead of the victim and the police at all times. And while there may be some cases of that, it's actually the minority, I would say, I would think, and that most serial killers are actually pretty dumb. Um, like the <laughs> Henry Lee Lucases of the world and I'm so many other examples. My list and I have, I'm, I'm only coming up with ones to cross off the list, like hilariously. Cross <laughs> yeah. off the list. Right. Yeah. So it's just I just wanted to say that, like, it's important when we're talking today that we're not at all putting these serial killers up on some sort of pedestal of like, man, they were so like, yes, we all know they're terrible, but look how smart they were. It's like a movie villain. And it's not. These guys weren't as smart as they thought they were. Their arrogance is what led to their downfall um, and the mistakes that they made. Anyway, um, 
All that said, I'm going to read the so the serial, sorry, serial murder definition according to the serial murder symposium held in 2005. The unlawful killing of two or more victims by the same offender in separate events. So people that did that, the top 10 smartest. Yeah. So it's actually a pretty vague definition. Um, And when the symposium symposium was done, they sort of did that on purpose to let law enforcement have some leeway with that. Um, But I wanted you guys to keep it in your head because it might not be the person with 35 victims necessarily. Right. Because really only two are needed. But... um, you know, it gives you a little bit more to work with. Yeah, uh, and I'll say, yeah, I'm um, turn it over to you here in just a second, Shiloh. Sure, but, sure. Uh, Doctor Shiloh, excuse me, uh, the esteemed. Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> now I lost my train of thought. Oh, I'll just say, um, when I first heard about this topic, I had two killers in mind that I'm like, those have to be one and two, and they're not. They're not even in the top five. Um, so there's a few surprises in here for me. So just wanted to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's a very interesting list. I wanted to just do a little nerd out to talk about how what we're talking about when we talk about IQ um, and how that's assessed and what the ranges are. So um, we can get a little bit more into what we're looking at here. And people also in the audience can kind of start thinking about who might be on there. Um, So IQ stands for intelligence quotient. Um, I have not done administered an IQ test for a very long time, um, but yeah, it is too. a huge pain a in the ass. <laughs> um, most often we use this uh, assessment called the WACE for adults, um, and there's versions for children, and there's other um, assessments that you can do as well to get an IQ test, but the WACE is, is kind of the most common assessment tool. And basically it looks at verbal IQ and performance IQ. So you do 14 little subtests that can be like basic vocabulary, comprehension, math, but then there can also be things like where you have to, you have these cards with a story and you have to put the story like the cartoon in order, or you see a picture of um, this design made up of blocks and then you have blocks in front of you and you have to recreate the design. So it's kind of fun to administer. It's actually kind of fun to take as well. Um, So average IQ is 100. And then there's sort of ranges from there. So average is 90 to 109, but 100 is true average. Um, If we're gonna go down from there, low average is an 80 to an 89. What we call borderline is 70 to 79, and then an extremely low IQ would be 69 and below. If we're going to uh-huh. go up, <laughs> I know, if we're going to go up from average, uh, a high average is about 110 to 119. Superior is 120 to 129. And then very superior is 130 to 144. And then there's some tests that even say that um, 145 plus is what is called very gifted or highly advanced. So uh, for reference, about 98% of the population is under 130. Um, To be a member of Mensa, you have to have a score, an IQ score of 132 or above. Have you guys ever taken IQ tests? Do you know what yours are? Anybody? I have no idea. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I was in the gifted uh, yeah, program. Mine, Does mine, that count? Yeah. <laughs> yes, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I I know what mine was years ago. Um, I but uh, there's a lot of problems with IQ tests. So mine 
Mine was 129, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer for a lot of subjects. And I, but I will say this, I had a roommate when I was um, working at state prison and she was a few years younger than me and she was a member of Mensa and like the coolest, most hilarious, dry witted person. And she was freaking brilliant. Like she was really, really smart and not intim- like, not like, you know, show off smart, but like, it was kind of amazing that kind of, you know, when you saw that somebody that, that functioned at that high of a level, it really showed. If you really want some admit. entertainment, go onto the Mensa website and they have like quotes from members who have joined. And it's like, I didn't only find social activities and friends like me, but I found my future husband. <laughs> I'm like, what is <laughs> happening? <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> um, okay. So the top seven killers on our list are a 145 or above. So they're in that very wow. gifted range. And then mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. the last three are going to be in the very superior range. So we're talking really like high IQs here. We had to cut it off at 10 because there were some people with mm-hmm. some high IQs. So, all That's right. Really interesting. So you guys don't look at the chats. Chat, please join in um, and start guessing. But uh, Brandon, you're our guest. Do you want to guess? Kick first? things off. Yeah. <clears throat> We usually uh, scratch a few off the list that, okay. that that absolutely can't be on the list first. Let's do that. Um, there's no way that Charles Manson is on that list. He's not a serial killer. He's not a serial he? killer. Thank Wait, you, he Nick. Did... Okay, I don't. No, he's not. No. There's no way that Jeffrey Dahmer is. Um, I'm going to say that uh, Gary Ridgway did not make the cut. <laughs> Safe no. guess. Yes. <laughs> Or Pee Wee Gaskins. He was Gary Ridgway was just super lucky to just be that dumb guy living in the same or, place. <laughs> I was going to say Eileen Warnos is definitely not on that list. She, no. Like they they cre- she didn't doesn't even really meet the criteria for motivations that the others do. So true. Um, although I think she's really she was actually way smarter than people gave her credit for. Um, would not be surprised if she had high, but she's not a she doesn't fit that criteria. Um, who else? Brian, I Brian like says no, Richard Ramirez. Oh, God, mm-hmm. no. Um, but I would say one thing about all of these, especially um, uh, some of, you know, you can be not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but still be incredibly gifted at being manipulative. Oh, sure. So right. don't look that cunning. That's, yeah, right. Absolutely. Like, yeah, there's dumb, a difference. Like, there. a fox, right. like we used to say in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely just going <laughs> off of intelligence quotient here, but I think there's a ton of factors that we could talk about um, personality-wise, well, like you're saying, Scott. Mm-hmm. There has to be, even the dumbest, like on paper, serial killers, there has to be some level of what you just said, Dr. Scott, in order for them to kill multiple people and get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, for for any period of time, there's some level of that there, but... Could they pass a, uh, you know, fourth grade math test? Not all of them. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's good. Neither fourth grade math. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> right. Actually, I don't know if I could pass that either, but um, no. with a new math. But I, that, I think that's a, a really important point. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. You said, Jeff, you were want, Brandon, you were saying you wanted to knock Jeffrey Dahmer off the list. And maybe, maybe I don't know as much about him. He seems like. 
he didn't seem to be a uh he i mean definitely wasn't a standout student um okay. in school i don't think that was necessarily because he was not gift not uh at least of average intelligence i think he was probably around average intelligence i think he had so many emotional problems that he would have had difficulty succeeding no matter what but uh, i seem to remember he you know he worked at the um was it the chocolate yeah the chocolate, chocolate factory or the candy factory um he kind of did uh menial jobs <laughs> well, yeah i know so uh <laughs> let me tell you something uh, Dr. Shiloh covered it. She said average is 100. High average is 110 to 119. Superior 120 to 129. Very superior 130 plus. Very gifted at 145 plus. And according to our research here, Jeffrey Dahmer is at 144. Number seven. He's number seven. It's yep. the quiet ones, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> I... But you know what? I can replace him with somebody. I can replace him with another one that we can knock out. Ed Gein was like probably oh, yeah. developmentally disabled, very low IQ, but just a pure animal. You know, he yeah. was just a, mm -hmm. like an animal. So Nick, tell us about Dahmer. Yeah, well, <laughs> so uh, I agree. I would, I would not have guessed Dahmer myself. I was closer to Brandon there. I would have picked him at average, but yeah, he's 144, number seven. Um, so Jeffrey Dahmer... Probably the the like Michael Jordan of serial killers or however you want to put it. You know, he's like the face of uh, the genre yep. Yep. Um, for better or for worse. Um, so most people have at least heard of Jeffrey Dahmer. And uh, we know that he killed 17 men between 1978 and 1991. Let me move my notes over here so I'm not looking away all the time. Hang on. Okay, so... Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, arguably the most killer on the list, uh, the most famous killer on the list, 17 murders, most of them in the early 90s. He'd pick up men, mostly at gay bars, take them home before drugging and strangling them. He was also uh, a severe alcoholic. So most, if not all of his murders, he was blackout drunk, from what I recall, um, and because he was a product killer. He did not enjoy the process of killing. Right. He, so he would uh, drink himself to the point where he couldn't really um, be in the moment of the murder because he just wanted the product of the body at the end. So once they were dead, he would have sex with the corpses and he would dismember them, take photos of them, keep their bodies, parts, uh, genitals in a lot of cases. He was a real jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Y yes. <laughs> a I mean, real it, jerk, Brandon. It's kind of evil it. genius to think about, I'm going to make myself a sex zombie and just like, you yeah. know. And next, keep experimenting until you yeah. get results. And one of the saddest things about him, I mean, if there is, I mean, I'm not empathizing or sympathizing, but the guy clearly had the the genetic predisposition towards psychopathy. I mean, there that was, yeah. there's certainly genetics involved in it, but if you look at the drive uh, in his interviews, um, the motivations that it boils down to basically one simple sentence is he did not want to be alone. Like mm -hmm. he wanted, he yes. really was trying, he was trying to attach to another in these relationships, but the, the, the structure of his brain and his psyche was so fucked up that there's no way he could have ever had any kind of productive relationship. So he, he basically, I mean, wanted a, a, like you said, a sex zombie, you know, and, and was experimenting with trepanning and 
you know, uh, impacting parts of the brain and keeping these guys alive for days at a time to see if he was successful in his creation. Very sad. He should have joined Mensa. Right. He could have met someone. Yeah. Could have gotten married. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, can I add one that I think is at the top of the list? Yeah. I think Dennis Rader. Uh, Not in our I top wrote him 10. down. I wrote him down, but I, I, but I thought I read that he was just sort of average. Um, he was just in, in the, it's kind of the, the, the theme in his, um, you know, uh, the fake side of his life that he was exceedingly average. Uh, he thought he was smarter than he was. Yeah. Well, definitely a narcissist. He thought he was definitely a pure yes. narcissist. Yeah. Not on the list. Um, I don't know where, what, where he's at. But. Oh, wow. He's not on the list. Nope. Here's, here's my, here was my reasoning. I thought that he would be on the list because he got away with it for so long. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes because sense. Because then he stopped murder. His last murder was like 20 years, maybe not 20, uh, 10 something years before he was actually caught. Because um, did he have a like one last murder at the end? I or think there he, was a gap. Been inactive for a while? There, there was a yeah. period of inactivity. I don't know if it was right before, but he did sort of like, you know, he was, want- he was getting excited again. His kids had yeah. left the house yeah, and he was, oh, wow. uh, he, he continued, he, he resumed communication with the police because it was arousing and he felt a little bit of uh, freedom with his children gone to, to yep. dip his toe in the that again. And that's what got I him left, left field guess. Um, I don't didn't don't think um, maybe isn't on the tip of other people's brains, but I I remembered this guy today when I was thinking like what could I pull out of my hat, true crime wise. How about Andrew Philip Cunanan? That is, uh, I did not think anybody would guess that because I I agree he kind of he's not on top of my radar uh, even though I saw the series on him the Versace yeah we did an episode American, on it right. He is on here, Brandon. He's number five. Wow. Uh, with an IQ I, of 147. That, to- that may, oh, 147? Yep. Yeah. That makes He's sense. The- I mean, he was, he was able to, he was able to, to maneuver his way through class hierarchy in the gay community. And you, mm-hmm. you can't do that. I mean, you can do it on looks alone as a, as a young person, but you can't reach. I mean, he was really in with, you know, the rich party crowd there for a while. So yeah, I'm I'm I had forgotten his name, but yeah, that's a that's a good example. Wow. Yeah, and it's one of those interesting cases. T- to me, this is like my own perception that he's like what we said a minute ago. He's not on the tip of most people's tongues, even though he killed like a super famous person. Um, and his own, I mean, he had uh, five victims total, and his whole story is so interesting. But he's kind of a lesser known killer, I think. There was a period in which he was at large, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, he is the only serial killer, and <laughs> I don't know why this is funny to me. He's the only serial killer I've ever had a nightmare about when I was <laughs> really younger. When it was <laughs> when it was going on, we both Sorry. like turned our heads to the side, like, hmm. Mm, interesting. No, it wasn't. It was. It was during when he was at large. You know, it was at the. It was all over the news that there was a serial killer on the on loose, the loose. Who was, yeah, shooting people. And it was, you know, something that had been in the news. And I must have also um, recently been to the mall because that's where it happened. Andrew Philip Cunan was loose at the mall and was just, <laughs> he was, I guess he was turned into a spree killer. Um, you were shopping for a Versace shirt and you're like, no. Yeah, there was a lot. Yeah. 
Just so many choices. Sell Versace right, shirts at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> what year was that when that happened? When he it seemed like Versace it was the mid nineties. It was yeah. I was probably fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, it sounds when right. it happened. Well, so, let me tell you about. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Scott. No, no. Go ahead. I was just going to tell you about our uh, friend Andrew Cunan in here, listener of the show. Maybe uh, he was a very bright student, and he reportedly spoke seven languages. Uh, Brayden, you can speak seven languages, right? At least five or six. Is that right? Um, yeah, I could do, okay. do barnyard animal noises count as a language. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so he ran into trouble at school when he was pathologically lying. Um, uh, so he did develop a obsession, an obsession with violent sex, uh, even prostituting himself in his teens. Um, he's his killing streak began with his former lover Jeff Trail, and in 1998, 1988, excuse me, when he was 19, his father deserted his family and moved to the Philippines to evade arrest for embezzlement. Um, and that same year, Cunanan had begun frequenting local gay bars and restaurants. And his mother, who is deeply religious, learned about his sexual orientation. That paragraph, I think, is super important to f- figuring out who this guy was because um, he was super smart, spoke mm-hmm. seven languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his father was a huge narcissist as well and deserted the family uh, to, to evade arrest. And then his mother was deeply religious and he and Cunanan himself was gay. All of that is like the perfect stew <laughs> to become a serial killer. Yeah, I think the uh, the biology of it plus the environmental mm-hmm. factors, because his the dad trauma. was like clearly a con man as well. Yeah. And that's what he yeah. was so good at being a chameleon to uh, yeah, and be a parasite says, of a lot of people. He could blend into the gap. He could pop out at the cookie stand. <laughs> I bet. So it scary. sounds terrifying. <laughs> He uh, he did he offer you an from- orange Julius, and then <laughs> yeah. suddenly you're chloroformed. <laughs> uh, I, I was just going to finish by mentioning he did have antisocial personality disorder uh, that they found later, and despite his numerous kills, the FBI could not catch him uh, because of his quote intelligence to flaunt them, uh, and he even appeared back in the gay social scene after his murders. And he, his last murder victim was Versace before he killed himself at age 27. Yeah, so. I, went I think to a lot of also, I think a, another factor in that was probably pretty integral in his criminality is him being a person of color and sort of, but being light skinned with, you know, some features that could have spanned different ethnic backgrounds. He it was contributed to an identity problem because he wanted mm-hmm. to be sort mm-hmm. of out of this milieu. Like he, he all of his victims were um, white guys, I believe. Right. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And he uh, you guys would know better than me, but I seem to recall that he kind of idolized his father um, who was a con man. Uh, so just going back to the biological and like, there's a lot of nature and nurture with this. Yeah, definitely. Asshole. I think yeah. so. Yeah. But the, what about, yeah, the movie uh, was so yeah. good. Gosh, what yeah, the movie was great. Um, Wait, which movie? The killing of Gianni Versace. Oh, so the, the series, you mean? The series, yeah. Uh, okay. Dean, what's his name? Sorry. Chris? I was just, yeah, I was just making sure, yeah. Scott, so you're going to guess. So what about, 
I was going to say John Wayne Gacy. Just another one because he got away with a number of victims. So he does. He's not on the list. He's not on the list. No, no. I'm kind of curious what his score would be, but it's not on here. Yeah. I don't think you've got to be like a supremely intelligent to to run a bunch of Kentucky fried chickens. <laughs> or lure a bunch well, of boys dressed as a clown. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he How had about- easy victims. I mean easy in quotes, but like yeah. he, I, when I say easy, I just mean there was a no. lot of low hanging fruit, I guess you could say. Sure. Like vulnerable people. Uh, yeah. Vulnerable, I mean, we, vulnerable no, situations. We in we did one episode where we both kind of went into the the serial uh, the the long haul trucker serial killer, which ba- basically those guys just they open their doors and the victims come in because it's yeah. generally yeah. Uh, truck stop uh, sex workers. Sure. So yeah, okay. It's I'm wrong Dean Coral too. Dean Coral just had no shortage of victims just like coming to him. Just, mm-hmm. They're throwing those those cool parties <laughs> <laughs> with all the candy. Okay, How Brandon, about, you got a uh, guess? Yeah. Joel Rifkin. Ooh, oh, that's is he on the list? He is not on the list. Uh, an- another one I was thinking about, and Nick said there were some that he were sure would be like the top two, and we're not on here. Mm-hmm. This is one I suspect could be one of those. Ed Kemper. Ding ding ding! Oh yeah, definitely. So that, is, that yeah. is who I was talking about, Brandon. He is on here. He's just not as high as I thought. Right. What was so, any guesses score? of where he's at? Is he uh, number one. eight? What do you think he's oh, at on the list? Where he's on the list? I'm going to say he's up there in the top three. He's number six with a, an IQ of 145. So he's up there. I mean, these guys are up there. Remember, I said the top seven were in the very gifted yeah. range. So they're. I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer just makes the cutoff at 144 and then everyone else above that. So, yeah. Um, Kemper's whole brand of like, when you think Ed Kemper, most people think like the intelligent, well-spoken killer, right? Um, right. Which is why I thought he'd be higher, but he's not. Still still in top 10, but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, I think exactly when people think of him, he's sort of that double threat because of how smart he is. Mm-hmm. And then just, you know, Six nine, three hundred pounds. I mean, if you were creating a serial killer, this is terrifying. <laughs> well, even when you li- yeah. when you listen to interviews with him, and then when you see how, I mean, how accurately and well acted he was by the actor. I'm blanking on the actor's name that played him in Mindhunter. What that actor was able to do was consistently reproduce um, his language style and his language and grammar is really mm-hmm. impressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, investigators even described him as a natural born killer, which I think kind of encompasses all of those things we're talking wow. about. Um, so Ed Kemper, also known as the co-ed killer, uh, co-ed. I didn't think about that. But that's his first name also until I was writing this down. It's like, Oh, that's oh, wow. an interesting oh, double entendre. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, uh, sure everyone's very familiar with him um but his kill count is 10 so his victims include his grandparents whom he murdered when he was 15. Um, he also killed a number of co-ed young women from the nearby college who he would pick up as hitchhikers and then of course lastly his mom and one of her friends 
Um, and Brandon, what was it that he did with his mom's head? Ooh, he face fucked it. What's the technical term? Because you taught me oh. that. Oh, I will yeah. say. What was that term? It starts with an I. Yeah, it does. There is a technical term yeah. for it. And it's not irredeemable. <laughs> no, there is not. Anyway. I'm looking it up. Let I me know. That. It's the first time I heard it, too. <laughs> um, so, in a true <laughs> evil genius move, it's believed that he kept head, the heads of some of his victims for days before disposing of them. You know, sort of this planned out, like, how can I keep from getting caught and he managed to evade law enforcement for nine years. And um, he is the one on this list who actually turned himself in. So he called the cops and was like, hello, have you not discovered my mom's body yet? Are you coming for me? What's going on? Um, So he was found sane at his trial. He obviously was found guilty in 1973. Uh, He requested the death penalty, which they did not give him. Um, and he got eight life sentences and he, every time he comes up for parole, he waves it. Cause he's like, Nope, yeah. I'm thriving here in prison. I'm fine. I'm reading audiobooks, you know? Yeah. I've wanted to get a hold of Onan just to see, uh, he is, I was going to say that if that actor is replicating his, his speech and his speech patterns, he's really engaging to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's the type of guy that is loving life in prison. Like, he has, sure. yeah, there's nothing for him out there. And something you didn't touch on uh, in your description was that he was also, what's the word for it? Almost like an undercover serial killer with the local police. You're right. Because he was friendly with the local police and he would talk to the police about this serial killer going on a rampage in town. Yeah, he and would so hang he out at the bars knew. with the cops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so he knew what the cops knew about him. He was loving it. Yes. Yeah, he was um, he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia as well um, and sent to Atascadero State Prison, which is here in central sort of northern California after he had killed his grandparents. And then he was released at 21, um, which he clearly does not meet that diagnosis at all. No, no. No. I mean, and especially if he was 15. No, he has he doesn't have schizophrenia. He's a psychopath, but he's not. He's not, he does not have schizophrenia. What, what would you like summarize as the, the key reasons for that? Just well, curious. I mean, schizophrenia is a, is a result of uh, brain structure and it, you know, there's a lot of theories about how it um, is activated in the brain and how it expresses. But basically uh, schizophrenia is, is a psychotic disorder and it means that you perceive the world in an altered way. So you hear, see, feel, smell and believe things that are not objectively true or you can take things in your environment and you can misinterpret them to an extreme degree as um, something that gets sort of integrated into a belief system but the most common overall the most common um, uh, symptoms are auditory hallucinations that can be either malicious or benign uh, as well as visual hallucinations Um, but they're very impairing. You don't really see mild schizophrenia. Um, and he's got too many positive symptoms. Like he has social skills. And one of the things mm-hmm. that many people with schizophrenia mm-hmm. really struggle with because they have so much stimuli hitting them all the time, constantly 24 hours a day is that they tend to um, have negative symptoms, which is they isolate into themselves. 
So, and, and once again, and the vast majority of people with schizophrenia are not violent and do not express violence. So only a very, very I'm guessing like percentage. they didn't know, you know, this is a 15 year old who killed his grandparents and, and who knows couldn't. what he was saying, but I'm just they guessing they were like, what is on him. Yeah. 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 They kind of, yeah, they kind of just threw that on anyone that they couldn't, they couldn't write down cuckoo bananas. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Isn't it weird to think yeah. that he's 71 now? Wow. I mean, yeah. I always just picture him in the seventies, you know, with what, and he's still six foot nine too. Uh, yeah. Uh, is well, he? Maybe <laughs> a little, maybe a he hasn't shorter. shrunk? <laughs> he might be a little shorter. <laughs> still. So Good what guess. if we, yeah. uh, are, are we doing, so are the people on this list when we're looking at their IQ, are there, are we, are there only people that have been tested or have they been done forensic sort of profiling to determine? Well, we have an exact score for all of them. So, okay. I don't know how to give you more information about Well, because I was going to go historic. Like I was going to say somebody like H.H. Holmes oh. who had like really elaborate plans for his right. killing. But um, I don't think or, we have that info on okay, someone so that is. old. Okay. That vintage. Um, who's I'll next, say Brandon? That, um, I've been thinking about one uh, that I recently uh watched a documentary on what about robert hansen the butcher baker Ooh, robert hansen i just watched I'm blanking um, on him. he's the guy from alaska right he's from alaska yeah, he's and hunter. he uh he was obsessed with the most dangerous game and he uh i think he he posed as a photographer maybe and he abducted women mm-hmm. and took flew them out to a remote area and hunted them. Have and, you seen uh, the Netflix movie with Nicolas Cage? It's called Frozen Ground. I just discovered it. But <laughs> Nicholas is it Nick, new? Yeah, it's newer. Nick Cage is actually the investigator. And um <laughs> he should have played every part though. Uh, exactly. I know. I know. Like all of them. Um Gosh, I'm freaking blanking on who the who who played Robert Hansen. He's not on the list, um, but great uh, guess. And I am like, I was I'm obsessed with him too. Chris in the chat says John Cusack. Yes, that, John right? Cusack plays him. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. I got to see that then. It's good. It's one. It's good. It's one wild summer. It sure is. Not on the list um, though. Brandon, <laughs> let me give you a hint. We okay. covered. I'd never heard of this killer until you brought her. Sorry. Him or her <laughs> nice to my attention <laughs> <laughs> in the state in the the states with the most serial killer episode we did recently. She's part of a couple. Mm-hmm. That's a strong. I mean, that is a, strong a stronger guess. hint I can give you. He's just trying to trying remember, to remember their name. names. Okay, I'm not going to come up with it. Okay, does Charlene Gallego about or Galicia? Yeah, and she was. Uh, who was the guy she was with? Uh, Greg. No, Gerald, sorry. Gerald, Gerald. her husband. Mm -hmm. Yes. They committed crimes together in the 70s. She's number three. Mm -hmm. Wow. She had an IQ score of 160. Holy shit. What state state were they from? Maybe that'll jog my memory. Uh, I want to... I actually don't have that. I want to say Nevada. Yeah. I I believe it is Nevada. I'll look it up. Nevada? Nevada? I know someone... I can't see the chat, but someone in the chat tell me how wrong I am in the way that I said it. Yeah. Is it Nevada or Nevada? Somebody. Nevada. We're right next door. How are they going to... It's Nevada. What is it? Nevada? Nevada. Nevada. Brian, am I right? You live there now. Come on. Um, 
Nick Sloan. No, Sacramento. She's out. She's out. She served her time and she's, she's out, out, right? That's right. She's she's done and she's out. Yeah, Sacramento, Spoilers, California. guys. I got all it. So, yeah. <laughs> she, she only served like seven or eight years. Uh, no, 17. Wait a minute. She must have yeah, 17 years tricked she served. somebody. That's the one that would be waiting for you in the mall, Brandon. You got to be careful. Yeah, um, yeah, Sacramento, yeah. California, between 1978 and 1980. Women love to shop. <laughs> Women love to shop. <laughs> I think she's at Cinnabon uh, now. I'm pretty sure she's at Cinnabon. <laughs> she's on lingerie at Victoria's Secret. <laughs> well, I wonder how old she would be now. Tell us about be... I want to know more about her. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. We're going on too many side things. Right. So she is a rare female serial killer. She was married to her husband, Gerald, and in the late 70s, uh, let's see, they kidnapped 10 people, some as young as 13, and they were all mostly female. They raped and kept as all of them as sex slaves before eventually killing them. So that's brutal. Uh, Another jerk. That's how it usually goes when it's a couple. Big time jerk. That's not nice. She reminds me of um, the toy box killer. Wasn't he the one that David Parker Ray and his mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. they would kidnap people in a van, make them slaves, and then make them forget and put them back out into the wild. Anyway, anyway, he's not on the How list. How would they make a? Yeah. I, you know, I'm so I'm unfamiliar with that. How would they make them forget? Would they drug like rohypnol or something? Yes. Uh, yes. No, the uh, I don't know the drug, but they did drug. I them. know that they would inject them uh, with something. They had done a they did a lot of experimentation mm-hmm. with drugs and they were not afraid to take their time with, uh, they usually kept them, uh, in some type of drug state for most of their stay too. Gee, that must making been, all, so back then that it would have been pentothal. I was going to say sodium pentothal. Like it's also the truth serum drug, right? Yeah. But it's yeah, basically was, also what I was going to say, and I thought I might be wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, that's actually it's it's not it's better it's better used as a creating a dissociative fugue state than it is actually truth serum. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I think I listened right. to uh, an episode of uh, uh, Case Files. I think was the okay. uh, podcast I listened to, and he, they went through David Parker Ray. Scott, you were the one saying you had you were unfamiliar with him, right? Yeah, with David Parker Ray. You really should look him up. And there's a tape out there that he would play for all of his victims. Yeah. Oh, geez. So when they first woke up, it, it's something out of a horror it movie. Is. And it's like the, the worst thing you'll ever read or hear. So I thought about for um, like a bo- for bonus content, uh, reading it and like recording it in case like a true kind person wanted to hear recording of it. And then I thought there's no way I can have my voice do on that. record out there saying. <laughs> oh, my God. No, don't. Well, I, that's actually really smart. They think, can transcribe actually, it. <laughs> yeah, we need to be, everybody needs to be careful with that kind of stuff and the way that everything can be digitally reproduced. You got to be careful. Yeah. yeah. All right. So who? So let me, sorry, let me, let me tell you more about um, Christine. Charlene. What's her name? Charlene. Charlene. Because she did agree to testify against her husband. Of course. Um, and did. because of that, she only re- served 17 years. She was released in 97. So she's been out a while. And while in prison, she extensively studied psychology, business, and Icelandic literature, which is also a hobby of mine. If I had the time to just do um, nothing but study, I would study something ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, she did claim she was a victim, of course. And she also claimed she tried to save some of their lives. And, uh, yeah. And her husband is dead now. He died while awaiting executions. Interesting. That's a good one. Mm. 
Glad to see that a woman made the list. <laughs> yes, representing. <laughs> <laughs> that just make sure you got your shoes on because that glass ceiling is broken. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, we covered she, one of these. Is she the only woman on here? I think she is. I'm, we might yeah. have covered more than one, but we but definitely we covered. covered what about look, covered. I'm not a I don't think Ted Bundy is as smart as everybody says he is, but I I think he might make the list. Like I think he's the other one I thought was like Ted Kemper. Would he's got to be number one? But he's actually I'm going to guess he's number eight. That Ted Bundy's number eight. Mm-hmm. Ted Bundy barely made the list. He is number ten. He's so a dunce. <laughs> he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ted. You're not as hot as everyone said you were, and you aren't as smart as everyone said you were. Oh come on! Now you're attacking his looks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody uh, always builds him up to be like just super no, gorgeous, and it's like, oh, he had a couple of good angles, but it wasn't that that. Yeah, you know Zach Efron. Look at his Zac competition. Efron. Yeah, but maybe from the back, Nick. Hell of an ass. What? Hell, oh, of course. Right? Well, I mean, you know what he did. That's why well, those tight corduroys. We'll get into it, but anyway. he was, yeah. Um, so especially his he had the bubble butt of a young Republican. His yes, his <laughs> IQ score was one thirty six. Um, so he comes in at number ten. We all know about Ted Bundy. I thought it would be interesting to just talk about his education, um, if he is, you know, so smarty pants, but. Um, he, not his education, but he did escape from custody twice, which is not something you hear about very often. Um, probably goes more to his charm and his charisma of being able to finagle a, a room with a telephone and a window in a court building. Um, but he attended the University of Puget Sound for one year before transferring to the University of Washington to study Chinese. And in early night, I guess I forgot that. <laughs> Chinese. In, Sorry, that's so I random. know, I know. In, in 1968, he dropped out of college worked a series of minimum wage jobs, and then he ended up volunteering at the Seattle office of Nelson Rockefeller's presidential campaign. Wow. And he actually became Arthur Fletcher's driver and bodyguard during Fletcher's campaign for lieutenant governor of Washington state. And then he went to like the 68 Republican National Convention as a delegate. Um, and then Mid-1970s, he was now more focused, goal-oriented, and he re-enrolled in the University of Washington, this time as a psych major. And he became an honor student and was very well-regarded by professors. And then in about 1971 was when he took the job at the Suicide Hotline Crisis Center, where he met and worked alongside Ann Rule, who was the former Seattle police officer who wrote The Stranger Beside Me. Um, and he did graduate in 1972. And then in 1973, despite some very mediocre LSAT scores, he was accepted into law school at the University of Utah. And um, he did not finish because kind of around the time he started skipping classes, a bunch of women started to disappear in the Pacific Northwest. So, Big coincidence. yeah, he stopped school for his his new hobby which he was good at for a while. And, um, you know, I think his smarts, his ability to sort of change states, um, also the ways that he would lure his victims by feigning injuries or disabilities um, or impersonating authority figures definitely plays into um, yeah. how his intelligence impacted his crimes. And I think his success in this field of serial killing 
was also his ultimate downfall, which yeah. the reason, one of the reasons he was so successful was um, the, the charm and the confidence and the uh, bravado and the charisma and all of that also led to his downfall because he got cocky. Yep. He represented himself in court uh, for the trial for his life. And he just thought his whole life, he thought he was smarter and better than everyone. Yeah. Well, that's, so. that's an, I mean, that's a very interesting point to make because serial killers don't all come out of the same psychological mold. They certainly have a lot of the same, may have a lot of the same characteristics, but when you talk about that in particular with Bundy, it is his narcissism that yeah. undid him. Like the idea that like he is a smart guy, but the idea that you think that you're going to get up with this, this level of a heinous crime and be able to defend yourself in a court of law, like that is really a, the ultimate expression of narcissism. They all want to do like that. that. Jeez. They're like, <laughs> it happens so often. And now. he thought till the end that he was going to talk his way out of it. Yep. It's sure like, I've did. watched a shitload of Matlock. I got this. <laughs> I, Yeah. <laughs> And I'll propose to my girlfriend in the middle of a court proceeding. <laughs> and then the day before I'm executed. Yeah. He's like, I'm I, sorry. I gotcha. I legally got you. You said it. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have a, they had a kid, didn't they? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yep. On like, a conjugal visit. Yep. And then the day before he's executed, he blamed it all on porn. So. Yeah. So there's that. Awesome. Smart guy. Thanks. Thanks for stigmatizing porn, Ted. What about um, Ken Bianchi? Is he in the top ten? Huh? No, but that's a good guess. Yeah. What about? Uh, I got one that I don't think could like have been tested. Okay. Uh, because he wasn't caught. But I'm just going to throw it out there in case there's some kind of math I don't know about the Zodiac Killer. I was wondering about that too, but um, you know, maybe he's number one, but we don't know. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, Maybe, yeah, who knows? No, he's not on the list because you're didn't, right. You know, what, didn't they finally put his um, his cryptogram into some computer program and it yeah, showed like that it was nonsense? That it really... No, from oh, I actually followed up on that pretty recently with someone that I know was connected to a show that they recently did. And he said uh -huh. the computers at USC are actually still working on it. The computer is still filtering it. It could still be all bullshit. It could though. still be bullshit, and that's and, why. Yeah. And he knew it was just sending. Or he could have just met. He could be so not smart that he messed up his own. Right. His own. Uh, exactly. That's cipher. absolutely true. Yeah. So, how about another Ted on the list? Mm -hmm. Scott. How many people did Ted Kennedy kill? <laughs> just one, right? <laughs> just one. Maybe two. That we, if you no, that we know of. That we know of. Ted Kaczynski. Yes. Oh, right. Well, clearly he's got to be on the list. Yeah. yeah that guy's yeah, brilliant. Definitely. Yeah. Do you guys want to guess a ranking? Is he number, he's got to be like number two, right? He's got to be one number, or number two. Yeah. No. Number two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He comes in at number two. His uh, IQ is 167. This is definitely Jeez. who I think of when I think legit serial killer genius. Um, and I also think that this is what got him into trouble, not necessarily because of teasing police or putting stuff out there, but I think it's the way he wrote. <laughs> he, he wrote in a very specific way. It's very hard to break away when you're taught in academia Water. to write, right? I know. <laughs> um, so <laughs> in the, the 70s to the 90s, um, he killed and injured, or he killed 
three people and injured 23. So he killed um, much less than a lot of the folks we've talked about today. But the Unabomber um, had a big problem with modern technology. He was accepted into Harvard at 16 years old. Um, and to take a stand against modern technology through the 70s, the 70s and 90s, um, he mailed bombs to mostly professors at schools, but also big industries um, like airlines, uh, factories that were looking at big industry, um, industrial companies and things like that. Um, and he would leave messages encrypted with mathematical codes that the FBI couldn't even crack at some point. So he managed to escape capture for 17 years. He had a 17 year run there, um, which I think features a lot of genuine intelligence. His, it was ultimately, like I said, his downfall, probably coupled with a little bit of ego to put his manifesto out there. Um, but, yep. you know, his, his style of writing, which I was kind of thinking, Scott, like, isn't it hard to get out of that APA <laughs> way of writing for everything when you literally have been, you know, traumatized by writing a dissertation, um, in a certain style. And a lot of that is how they were able to pinpoint where he was from, from some of the, the periodicals that came out in that area of Chicago, um, so if, if you guys can ever listen to Special Agent Fitzgerald talk about the linguistics of it, aside from that, the um, Unabomber series was really good. They did a really good job. But it's just it's fascinating to see how they broke all that down. You know, I, I think also it's there's a, an interesting parallel. If any of you have watched The Social Dilemma, has anybody watched Social Dilemma? Not I yet. watched a little bit it's, of it's, it. It's really great. I mean, I have. I have two colleagues um, that watched it and literally shut down all of their social media. I watched it and I think it's really, really well done um, and really informative. And it's really a, a warning to anyone. Um, I feel like I'm pretty aware, like, yeah, I know I'm, I'm a, I, I know that I have an algorithm and I question like what is coming up on my feed. I don't just like mindlessly watch flat earth videos on YouTube for, 15 hours and then, you know, try and convince people. But one of the things that they were talking about that really was chilling was the idea. And they were talking to the top IT people in the world about that. There are a lot of different entities in the world now that are, or AIs that are already analyzing your typing pattern and your speech pattern that you use when you type IMs, when you type emails, and not only the the language that you use, but the the cadence and the rhythm of your keyboard speed almost identifies you as much as a fingerprint does. Hmm. Oh wow, that's interesting. That's, inc that's really weird to think about. So he yeah. was I right. Keep shaking all it this, up with gifts. All this stuff. So I mean, isn't through. that interesting? I mean, like <laughs> yeah. you know, look at all the great things that technology's brought us to. But there is a grain of truth well, in what oh, he's yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I don't think that they're crazy ideas. It's just how he went about making his point. Um, well, it makes and, you wonder. Sorry. Yes, I agree. It's like he he had some good points, uh, but he's an asshole. And also, I want to make a side point here. Not to defend other serial killers because they all suck. But <laughs> the ones, at least they had the balls to like kill you to your face sort of thing, you know? Oh, he Ted would never do just, that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's very like non-confrontational and 
Exactly. Yeah, which I don't know. Maybe well, he's well. No, it, it, that actually has to go to a certain. Uh, a, I think a certain specific classification of people who kill in that way is that he really lacked the ability to to connect with people. He has. He's probably on the spectrum. Some places. He I mean he does not get interpersonal actions. It just doesn't compute in his head. Yeah. And that's where all of his right. anger went. Like, you know, it just com compacted over the years of the world is bad because the world doesn't understand me. So I'm going to create an ideology that explains the worlds to me. And now I'm going to try and convince the rest of the world around me why they're wrong and I'm right. right. And that's, I mean, that's a different level of metacognition that's completely fucked up, but it's metacognition that a lot of our dumber serial killers, they're not even operating on that level. Yeah. And that's why he lived in a tiny cabin in Montana, like a hobo. Isn't that cabin somewhere now, like in a museum or something? Yeah. It's in or... DC. It's at the museum in Washington, DC. Ah, museum. Damn it, Brandon. We should, Brandon and I almost went to the museum when we were in DC. Oh, they have so many good been, things. But... They have his cabin. When I, was, I was there I last year. A, I did a presentation at the FBI in uh, Dallas, last year and they have a couple of display cases with all these items that were found in the cabin all these handmade mm. items and his papers and his his typewriter it was really fascinating yeah brian says he was always good at sending out christmas cards though and most of us can't say that <laughs> <laughs> brian thank you <laughs> thank you for your contribution <laughs> during our <ho> <laughs> during the holiday season it's important to remember that in each of us there's a spark of hope yeah. yeah, until Aww. the liberals cancel Ted. Christmas. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. You went and said that uh, word. All right, it. how many do we still need, Brandon? You look like you're keeping notes. Yeah, I am. We're missing number numbers one, four, eight, and nine. Oh damn! Okay, you guys got a long way to go. I know. And I'm going to throw in. I'm going to start getting like ramping it up here. These I'm are gonna, harder. I wouldn't have guessed these. I'll just tell you. Okay. Well, I'm going to throw out the two that. I don't think we're in the top 10, but I did write them down. They may might have somehow eked by Israel Keys. Mm. No. Nope. Nope. Jerry Brudos. Nope. I didn't think Jerry no. was Good particularly brainy, but he does seem to be fairly well spoken. Yeah. yeah. Is Carrie Stainer in there? Ooh, that's a good guess, but no. The um, no, who's that? the Yosemite okay. killer. He was this Yosemite killer, and he was just oh. so odd. I would not have. I would. He was intelligent in a way, but like, I guess he didn't meet our criteria. Um, you might need to give some guesses. On yeah, some hints. Yeah, I'm gonna need hints too because I'm going through the yeah, list without. Okay, what you okay. got? Uh, I'll give one. So, number nine is one half of a pairing. A serial killer duo. Two men, not a man. Two men, oh, yes. Okay. Right, right. Thank it, you. Neither Leonard Lake or Charles Ng, right? No. Nope. They were a couple of yeah, those, heads. Yeah, Oof. those guys. Charles Ng. And not Otis Tool. Like, Otis was DD as well, right? Yeah. No, no way. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Poor Otis um, Tool. Is he still around? He can't be. I don't if think Ed Kemper so. 71, Otis Tool can't be. Are still around? Yeah. Uh, okay. Two two men. Um, and they have one a of the DC uh, snipers. No, but I was oh. surprised that wasn't. They were Malvo. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't. I think someone tried and guessed him earlier in the chat. 
Ooh, what about, uh, is it either one of the Hillside Stranglers? No, no. I, I wondered about them. But they yeah, do have yeah. like a catchy name. For it's the not the Boston Stranglers because they were also Cuckoo Bananas. Yep. Yep. Hmm. Scientific term. Uh, no one in the chat has guessed these people either that I've seen. I'm Let's blanking. You said they have Let's... a catchy name. Who is it? All right. It's it. one half of the Toolbox Killers. Uh, <gasps> I was thinking of those dudes. They drove the van up and down yes. the Pacific Coast Highway, right? Lawrence Bittaker or Bittaker. Bittaker, sorry, Bittaker yeah. I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, number nine with a score of 138. And I've definitely heard of the Toolbox Killer, but first of all, Brian fucking Blue Man Group in the chat. <laughs> That's yeah, a good guess. I know. Because um, <laughs> he lives in Vegas now. <laughs> uh, where was I? Toolbox Killers. I I know the names. I've you know heard like the the top level about them, but I didn't know a whole lot until I started researching them for for this recording we're doing. Um, they uh, captured, raped, tortured, murdered five teenage girls. Um, but even before the murders, Lawrence Bittaker had trouble with the law, and while in state prison, was found to be quote, paranoid and borderline psychotic with little control over his impulses. But as many geniuses do, I'm reading a quote here, he managed to get himself released. And that's when he met Roy Nelson, which is his co-toolbox killer. They bought a van, which they nicknamed the Murder Mac. Uh, they, off- they often used a wire hanger and pliers to torture their victims. And an audio recording remains of them hammering one of their victims' elbows. Fuck. Uh... And once they even left a body in a random lawn and they were only found out when Norris, uh, the guy we're talking about's partner, he was picked up on a minor drug offense. And that led the local police to search their apartments and Bittaker's apartment revealed several Polaroid photographs, which were determined as depicting two of their victims. And inside the van, they found a sledgehammer, a plastic bag filled with lead weights, a book detailing how to locate police radio frequencies, a jar of Vaseline, two necklaces later confirmed to belonging to the two victims and a tape recording of a young woman in obvious distress, oh. screaming and pleading for mercy while being tortured and sexually abused. Jesus. So the police couldn't ask for a better fine in terms of, you know, deter- uh, establishing yeah, guilt and evidence. So yeah, he uh, eventually died of natural causes in the California medical facility in 2020. Yeah. Age 79. Very recently, actually. So, um, our friend Chris Duet, who does the Criminal Perspective podcast, his he had a podcast partner for a while that's not on the show anymore, but he went and was interviewing someone up at San Quentin where Lawrence Bittaker was just this earlier this year, way early before COVID. Um, and Lawrence Bittaker was like in the next, I don't know, visitor spot oh, next door or something. And um, I think Andrew asked him, so what do they call you in here? And he said, pliers. Like that's his oh. prison nickname. Ugh, so gross. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. creepy. But yeah, then he died like literally a, a month or two later. Yeah. I wonder COVID. if he got yeah, the COVID. Oh, no, you said it was natural causes. Wow. I guess it still could have been nat- gotten. Probably wrote it off that way. COVID. Yeah. And you know, I skipped over one important note that when <laughs> they were searching their apartment and shit, they also found... Uh, acidic materials and let's see seven bottles of various acidic materials and they determined that they were ramping up to they were planning their next attack in victim uh yeah. when they when they were caught wow so he was number nine on that list he was nine so now you need eight 
Eight, four, and one. Yeah, thank you. Mm, we still okay. haven't gotten number one. Okay, wait. Ted Kaczynski was number two? Yes. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Number one has an IQ score of 170. Mm-hmm. And he, I'll give you a hint on him. He. How many people, was, did Stephen Hawking ever run anybody over? <laughs> <laughs> Great guess. In the really wiener, in the Oscar Mayer wiener mobile. No, in his um, wheelchair. No, I know, but <laughs> sad. That's not funny. <laughs> An hour in and Brandon's finally bringing the good stuff. <laughs> and that, Yeah, we got it. We got to hurry this up, though. He's almost almost his bedtime. I know. Uh, number one was on TV and before he was known to be a serial killer. And he has a lot. Oh, on the dating locks. game. Yes. The dating yep. game. Is that the Richard Ramirez? No. No. Uh, Rodney Alcala. Yes. Thank you. Rodney Alcala. I got one. one. I would not have one. thought he was had that high of an IQ. You got yeah, number one. Yeah. Like that blows my mind. Yeah. Um, me too. He, he was not on my radar at all. Uh, but I think. I'd heard of him. I didn't yeah. remember his name, but I, I had heard of the serial killer who was on the dating game. Mm-hmm. I do remember that it, the thing that fascinated me about that was they interviewed the, the young woman that, that won him or chose him. Yeah. And, um, she was <laughs> she was really well on the game and like and she was like yeah, yeah i'm not gonna go out with him like got a right. vibe got a vibe off of him immediately oh my yeah gosh. and not just her but the other contestants on the show let's see where's my note on that uh sorry i uh okay anyway i can't find it i'll just read all my notes and i'll get there so uh he was on the dating game show in 1978 and host Jim Lange introduced him as a successful photographer who got his start when his father found him in the darkroom at age 13, fully developed. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Which is a, Wait, what? Yeah, that stood out to me as well. A I mean, successful no. <laughs> photographer who got his start when his father found him in the darkroom at the age of 13, fully developed. Fully well, look, I'm, film? <laughs> well, let me let me, like let me he had a bush hair. Well, let me place this in con- let me place this in context <laughs> because I'm older than all you guys. Is in that time when shows were on, like we had Match Game and the Dating Game, there was a lot of titillating humor that would never get past censors today. Oh, it was actually right. quite yeah. common. They were aware. Yeah, so they I've, would. I've u- seen some of the highlights on on YouTube. I know right, so they about. they would make double entendres like that that probably would i mean we we do that some of that sense. yeah um okay yeah that's how funnier that it was unaware yeah <laughs> but you have but, to read it like a cheesy guy in the 70s trying to with a long it. microphone like a gene fully developed right. yeah Ew, steve 13. harvey would be like rolling over in his grave <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh and he's not dead I, i'm like wait what? did i miss that yeah he's well, oh yeah, and this guy's not. He dead might either. still He's sleep still in a grave at night. Wait, Rodney is still alive? Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Huh? Yeah, seven. He's seventy-eight with mm-hmm. three death sentences. Remains in California State Prison. Yeah, he's at Corcoran, um, Scott. That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so when he won the competition, I found that note I was trying to find. Another Bachelor contestant later described him as a very strange guy with quote bizarre opinions, and that stood out to me too because. Describing someone with d- bizarre opinions, it's not like something you hear a lot, you know? Like, that guy was dumb, or that guy was weird, or that guy gave me the creeps, but right. bizarre opinions is, like, kind of specific. Yeah, um, it, mean, but he, it, it, it means uh, that he had to reveal something, like that they actually yeah. had enough of a conversation to be completely creeped out by what he was saying. 
Yeah. And the bachelorette said the same thing. She found him creepy and refused to go out with him. And criminal criminal profiler Pat Brown noted that Alkayla killed at least three women after his dating game appearance and speculated that the rejection from the bachelorette might have been an exacerbating (laughs) factor. Mm. (laughs) I think that's that's conjecture. Yeah. I don't, I I think that's a a bit of a stretch. He's going to, he was a killer anyway. So (laughs) yeah, he had killed before. Yeah. uh, Before Before and after. Yeah. Um, And uh, investigators found more than a thousand photos he took of his crimes, including teenage boys and girls. And some estimates uh, guessing he had around 50 victims, although he was only found guilty of five. Mm. And on his first trial for the murder of four women, his crazy IQ meant he managed to get off on technicalities, only being sentenced in 2005 when DNA evidence finally nailed him for the crime. Wow. Yeah, I remember them um, doing a lot of news stories and having a website with all the photos because they had not identified everybody in all those thousands of photos, and they were trying to see who else might be victims. Um, Fun fact, my mom was on the dating game several times in the 70s but never told me about coming across this guy. <laughs> uh, 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 I was going to say. I know. Uh, that's huge. We got to hear more about that. I, oh, I <laughs> need to bring her on to a uh, get vocal one of these days. We'll so see. she was on the show? Yeah, she was on both sides. She was one of the um, bachelorettes okay. and one of the contestants. And she, I okay, I think I got the story right. She went on the vacation with the contestant and then they always sent like a chaperone. And I think she ended up hooking up with the chaperone uh, is the, uh, Oh my God. Story. <laughs> I'll have to confirm it. I like that better. <laughs> that, that I know. I know. Right. <laughs> uh, these other two I hadn't heard of. Had you heard of them, Nick? Uh, let me get her on the list. Refresh my memory. Number four. No, I have not heard of number four and number eight. I had not heard of either. Any okay, other clue? guesses or you want to? Okay, let's see. I need um, clues. I'm, okay. I'm tapped. Let me go with number eight. So this took place in 1996 in South Carolina. And he only killed two people. And he is. I'd be surprised if you'd heard of this guy. <laughs> I'm like. Aziz Ansari. I get... <laughs> <laughs> when he was, I was six. North Carolina, maybe. I was going to say he's not American, um, but let me give him to you. So number eight is Stephen Christopher Stanko. Appropriate last name. I've I never like heard of Stanko. Stanko. Stanko, um, <laughs> Stanko leg. His um, he's number eight. He his IQ is one forty three, and he is from Cuba, and he. Prior to his murders, um, he had been incarcerated for assault and kidnapping. Oh, I'm sorry. That was in 1996. Um, His crime actually happened in 2005, so it was more recent. So he goes to prison for eight and a half years. He writes a book called Living in Prison, A History of the Correctional System with an Insider's View. Um, Maybe we can get Ed Kemper to narrate that one for us, and then we can all (laughs) mash this list together. Um, but about a year after being released from prison, he began doing library research, supposedly for a second book. So he starts hanging out at the library a lot. While doing this research, he befriends Laura Ling, and who's a librarian, eventually moves in with her as her boyfriend. 
And then he also developed a friendly relationship with this guy, Henry Turner, who was also kind of a regular library patron. Um, but shortly thereafter, something goes terribly wrong with both of these relationships. Uh, Stanko ends up um, strangling Laura and shooting Henry and sexually assaulting Laura's teenage daughter who survives and ends up calling 911 and the cops end up catching him because she turned him in. Um, but he was, when, when, after all of this went down, when they were searching his place, they found articles on Jeffrey Dahmer and Gary Ridgway. Um, it, they think that either he was studying them or it was research. He's a fanboy. Yeah. Fanboy or his research for his next book. No one yeah. knows what his, his book was about. Um, a little bit of both. but yeah, there was, um, definitely there was a psych eval done at some point because there, it was noted that he had a lot of characteristics of, psychopathy like a grandiose sense of self and importance and a failure to conform to social norms um lack of remorse all that stuff and he was convicted and received two death sentences that's interesting because i'm you know i remembered that name and i'm looking him up and i remember now he is a great example of a a, a killer every photo of him has a thousand yard stare like his eyes are really yes they are yes i was gonna say the same dead. thing he looks pretty empty <laughs> yeah evidently i mean it, it's smart. interesting because they like he's actually a pretty good looking guy and in his prime he was quite handsome um you know very very masculine features with the big square jaw and the big um big brow jaw. ridge and everything yeah. but like the the dead eye the dead shark eyes right. picked in all of his pictures right. is kind of a giveaway i think he looks like the kind of guy at like a get together talks to me a whole lot about a sport I've never watched before. <laughs> Just like monotone. <laughs> doesn't get to hit. Yeah. He tells me all about lacrosse. Yeah. I cannot. Uh, man, I know you're really into it. I'm not going to do sports, but I swear to God, when I meet you in person, distance. Brandon, I'm going to corner you and like just talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, my <Okay>. God. <laughs> oh, all right. I'm okay with that. So, okay, good. Our last one, we should probably wrap this up. We're getting to an hour and a half here. And I have like a drive-through Christmas light event thing to do because that's what we do in And your mom's here, by the way. Yeah, I know. What'd I she say? I see your mom in the chat. Shit. She hooked, she hooked up with the guy in Mexico City because the, the chaperone was a oh, female. Oh, well, it would have been more interesting Although if you hooked up with the chaperone who was female. I was going to say, she didn't rule that out. Though. She didn't say, I didn't hook up with the chaperone. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. This has definitely got you in the Christmas spirit before your I know, Christmas right? Drive. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, um, so like, I hope to God which... my mom never even finds my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? My mom was a cop. Where do you think I got it from? She's awesome. Um, yeah, we're missing number four. We're missing number four. So this was someone who was offending from the 40s to the 80s. And they killed... 15 women and one boy. Um, really, there's like no cool name. There's no nickname or anything that I can give you that is going to. Yeah. It's a male. He has the three names, you know, the serial killer. Is right. Wayne. Is it one of them Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I'm blanking. I don't know. Any last ditch? Edward wait, it, it's not. Wait, was Richard Speck? No, Richard Speck, Richard, Speck. Wouldn't no. Been. Richard Speck was not a genius. Yeah, he was um, 
So it's, right. it's Carol Edward Cole, but he's male. First name, Carol. Um, That's why I told him. something to do with it. Yeah, thank uh, you. Maybe. Well, he's got... A boy named Sue. I do have a note here that says, Mommy issues much? <laughs> <laughs> um, so as a child, he was forced to watch his mother have sex with other men while his father was away. Mm. And to keep him from telling his dad, his mother would threaten to beat him. Um, and she also dressed him as a girl when he was young. And his name was Carol. So... Wait a minute. But he didn't grow up with gravel in his guts and spit in his eye uh, from being <laughs> from being bullied you, so much. You are so Johnny Cash right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I want to know is why his mom made him have sex, but then made him not tell the dad. The, so how about just don't make him no the wa- or not sorry made him right. He didn't. Yeah, he just got to watch. Yeah, she was. But she was watch. stepping out on but, dad when he was gone, but. But then just don't She's let like, the kid watch. Then Maybe they lived in like a one-room cabin or something. Yeah. Or she took him to the hotel okay. room. All right. Her. It happened. That's fair. <laughs> flop house. Um, one-room flop house. Yeah. So his his first murder is thought to be, well, it, it was the drowning of his friend when he was only, when Carol was only eight years old, though nobody realized it at the time. And then he confessed to it way later. Um this friend was supposedly bullying him. I don't know how many friends he had, but yeah. So um, yeah, he went on to have fantasies of murdering women. He actually would call the police and tell them this. And he has checked him. He had checked himself into psych hospitals um, because of his fantasies. Those fantasies eventually turned into a reality. He would pick up women in bars and kill them, targeting women that he believed to be quote, loose or adulterers. So this is where I have mommy issues in bold Mm -hmm. writing. Um, He was caught twice by police in the middle of violent acts, but maybe his genius is coming out because he managed to talk his way out of those situations. Um, But eventually he was caught and sentenced and executed for the death of five women, um, though they speculate that his death toll might've been higher um, and the judge that sentenced him gave him the death penalty. And he just simply told the judge, thanks, judge. <laughs> so he died. <laughs> he died by lethal injection in 1985. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes when you know your time is up, you accept it with open arms. You're just like, thanks. Yeah, exactly. But you guys did yeah. a really good job on this. I feel like I would have blanked on a lot. Should that be? A, I don't know if it's a compliment or you know, maybe that's more <laughs> right. reason why I'm having frequent well, at least nightmares of serial killers. Scott <laughs> has birds flying around his head for some reason. I'm just he just got hit on the head by a cartoon mallet. <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> well, at least like the two doctors here with us have a valid reason to know so much about these serial killers you and me brandon are just whack i'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to scratch a, a nasty itch brandon's yeah. got some good knowledge the no i'm impressed brandon you have a like comprehensive knowledge i mean i i know it's it's i'm actually <laughs> always impressed with when people know this much about it and i don't think it's unhealthy i think that there's actually that that people are drawn to these kind of things because it is so alien to our nature that we it makes us want to yeah. have we have introspection into our own motivations. I think that there's actually yes. some very healthy things about it. So don't. Yeah, I, I, I think I've mentioned it on our podcast before. But when I when I was like a, in my early teens, we would do the summer reading program 
you know, where you like, if you read enough books, you get the personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut. Oh, oh. yes. And we, when we went to the library, I would take a, like a hard left over to the adult nonfiction section and get all the books on like serial killers yep. and fill out my Pizza Hut thing so I could get that pizza. Nice. And yeah, a now, lot of that information. Now, let me, let me, so let me ad- add an addendum onto what I just said is like, if I was the librarian and there was like a 13 year old <laughs> that was constantly exactly. coming in and, and reading those, I would be a little concerned. <laughs> I've been red flagged for decades. <laughs> yeah. By junior high librarians everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank the you guys that comes with his mom. for doing this. We It was so much fun, and I'm glad we got to collaborate on something. Yeah. Other than coming up great. with a list for you guys. It's awesome. But um, yeah, can thanks you. Thanks so much. We'd love to come back anytime. Okay. Yeah, let's can you do tell it people again. where they can find you? Yeah. So we are the 10 ish podcast, uh, and that's we spell that 10 ish, and we're on every single podcast player there is. We also are at 10 ishpod.com. We have over 100 episodes and counting every Wednesday. Yeah. All the social media. They're everywhere. Yeah. All the social media. (laughs) And uh, I should mention, too, we do a lot of true crime lists just like this one. Yeah. Um, And we do other stuff, too. History and movies and pretty much anything you can think of. But true crime is like my podcast passion. That's where that's what led me and Brandon to the podcasting world. That's still like the top genre of podcast I listen to. So I try to do true crime every once in a while. Um, but yeah, we'd love to have you check us out. Yeah. We're due Any, for some more no matter, true crime. You can find me on Twitter at Sidekick Host. Yes. Mm-hmm. There awesome. you go. <laughs> well, thank you guys again. And I hope everybody enjoyed it. Please check them out. Please subscribe to their podcast. You won't regret it if you're not already doing that. Um, listen to their cults episode. Scott and I curated the list for their That's right. top deadliest That's awesome. cults. Um, that was a lot of fun. So thank you guys so much. We appreciate it. Yeah. All right. This was a blast. Have a good night, everybody.